Hello, and welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. On this episode, we'll be covering chapters 10 through 20 of The Crimson Campaign, book two of the Powder Mage Trilogy by Brian McClellan. I'm Patrick, and here we have Matt. I'm Matt, and I'm here in person with Patrick this yeah, time. Yeah, and you didn't know that uh, ahead of time. Me and him are never in the same room. I bet you could not tell that without the audio I didn't quality. Think, I didn't even think about that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed, you know, because we see each other over video. But yeah. yeah, we're in person. I guess if we YouTubed it, it you know, they would they Yeah, would know they, they would know, yeah. Because we would include the video. But y'all don't need to see that. What y'all come for is the Crimson Campaign. And our expert analysis yeah. and summary yeah. telling. Yeah. Expert emphasis. I mean, that's what we get paid for. Yeah. The big bucks. Mm-hmm. The big bucks. So, uh, so chapter 10, um, uh, I know we when we last left, you know, Adamant was following um, the person who picked up what we thought was Betus's, uh jacket. And we, we believe still... it was Nyla. Yes. Oh, wait. Really? I thought it was Nyla. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't think it yeah, was. Yeah, because it was a... Well, it's not that I didn't think it was. I just didn't think about it. Yeah, because of the dress and everything. Yeah. I'm, like, pretty sure it was Nyla. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. Jeez, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I'm a double idiot because I think I made a statement in the last episode that, what did I say? I said, we're about, uh, we're about to find out about Vetus because I thought, like, I thought that he had got captured by Vetus. Mm. But, but it turns out he didn't. He did not get, Adamant did not get captured by Vetus. He, uh, but he, he wakes up, he's tied up in a basement. Uh, he's already, like, you know, pissed and shitted everywhere. <laughs> I, I thought it refrained from the shitting, but I, I, he, oh, maybe maybe he didn't. He definitely pissed himself. Definitely we'll say <laughs> that. Pissed all over himself and he, he soiled himself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, he wakes up. Yeah, the air smelled of piss and mold and dirt. Yeah, there, we got enough of the shitting in the in the first chapter. Yeah, um, but um, uh, but he's getting interrogated by this guy and and um. We hear some, or he's not really getting interrogated, but he's, this guy keeps coming by, and what, he keeps calling him dog or something? Yeah, some, yeah, I think that's right. But then, but then, uh, some guy comes down with another person, so two people are out there talking, and, um, I think. No, he calls Toke a bloody dog. Yeah, Toke. Adamant's the one calling, calling him a dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Toke is his, uh, the guy who. I guess kidnapped him. Yeah, kidnapped him. Or at least he's the one who's watching over him at this point in time. Um, But yeah, they're they're kind of talking, and Adamat, you know, of course, didn't have any identification on him, and he had like a fake mustache with him and all that stuff. So they're they're kind of talking about all that, and they don't really recognize him, or at least the toad guy doesn't. And then the person that he brought in. He's, there, he's blindfolded at this point, or he's just faced the wrong direction. Is it Adamant? Yeah. Uh, Adamant's faced the wrong direction, and he starts smelling something that he had recognized. The night of the back... The, the night of... The, the Peaky black, Blinders. Yeah, the night of the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to try. I suck, I suck crap at uh, uh, the accents. But yeah, and he figures out that it's... Before he sees the face, he's yeah. like, it's the old eunuch. Yeah, yeah. And the basement he's in is like he can hear just like a bunch of movement upstairs. Like uh, it's it's a building yeah, yeah. that's like heavily trafficked and heavily used. So mm-hmm. he had determined that. And yeah. and I, I like how I like the line when whenever Adamat realizes it's the eunuch and the eunuch, you know, lifts his face up and he realizes that it's Adamat, 
the eunuch says, oh, you idiot. And Adamant thinks he's talking to him, and he's like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> he was talking to old, old, uh, old Tenny. bloody dog. Tenny. Yeah. Or no, Toke. Okay, so Toke's bloody dog. Tenny's the one who's been watching. Tenny's the one who's been watching, and Toke is the dude who knocked him, knocked I Knocked him out, okay. Yeah. Um, Mama said knock you out. Him. That that probably could have been one character. I don't know if there needed to be two characters there, but uh, <laughs> that's just more confusion, uh, at least for me. But, um, but yeah, so... After he, you know, they realize it's Adamant. After the eunuch realizes it's Adamant, they basically decide to send him up to meet the proprietor. Mm-hmm. So he's about to meet the proprietor, um, which is a turn that again I was not expecting, um, because again I thought I thought that um, Vetus was was one that got him, and so I now, thought it was too on the nose for it to be Vetus right yeah. there. I think if it were going to be Vetus, he would have just like pulled him in the house or something like yeah. that. It, but it, it was good writing from Brian. No, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was Vetus, but I don't. I think proprietor, the proprietor was on my list of who it could have been, but yeah. I didn't. It's not who I thought it was. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then, Adamat uh, ends up like they, of course, they want to clean him up, or he he mentions, you know, I don't need to be looking the way I'm looking, you know, because he's he's. He's got dirt all over him. He's pissed himself. So he's like, you know, if I'm going to go... He may have shitted himself. He may have shitted himself. We, it's, we don't know. We're not going to read line for line backwards, but <laughs> we know for sure he pissed himself. We know for sure. And um, and so he, you know, they get him all, you know, cleaned up. And the Tinny guy's being real kind of confrontational about it. And he's like, like kind of intim- intimidating him. It's funny. He, he he gives me the Peaky Blinders like vibe. <laughs> he calls it. He calls everybody Govna. Yeah, Govna. And uh, yeah. like he talks about how he doesn't like coppers. Yeah, yeah. And, like uh, I'm getting like you know, Industrial Revolution like Birmingham vibes. Which, speaking of which, um, before you leave today, I want I want to let you hear some of the narrator for this book since we're here in person. Oh, yeah, I, want, yeah. I want you to hear some of the people, just to, just so you know what I'm what I'm hearing a lot of. Especially uh, Ippoli's uh, son, when we get to that chapter. I I have an idea of what he's gonna sound like, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking. For I like it. it. Yeah, I like it. But um, okay. So, but yeah. So he gets cleaned <laughs> up and uh, he uh, notices that Tenny's got like a limp and like he basically like lets him go first. Oh, well, he notices that he smells like like alcohol and he didn't notice that before. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he must be afraid to be in front of the proprietor. Yeah. And so he um, he lets him go first, and then he, like, knocks out his leg and then kind of just, you know, says, you know, don't threaten to kill a man if you're, if you're not going to do it or something. Or if you, right. If you're not going to have the chance to do it. So. And one thing we're, we haven't, like, mentioned is, like, all this internal monologue. Like, he, he's deduced that it's not Lord Vetus, but he's not 100% sure. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he keeps reminding himself here, you know, like, he notices something else, and he's like, Definitely not Lord Vetus because he I, I he hasn't ruled out that the proprietor's not work yeah working with working, working with or is Vetus or yeah. you know or is uh, or Claremont's yeah. the proprietor like yeah. he doesn't know who so like yeah. he's trying to deduce he knows he's with the proprietor but he doesn't know if, if Vetus is, yeah. is you know associated or not yeah and and uh, and so they end up going up there and he's he, like you said he's taking notice of like the the fashion and the uh, not architecture, but just the the housescape of the. It's like a very very yeah. He's making note that it's like a very functional like. Yeah. There's no. Like 
There's adornments no, on anything. Yeah. It's just very utilitarian. Like it is a space for work to get done. And that probably should have been a clue. Yeah. To who it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later. But that should have been a clue. Uh, but but regardless, that you know, he sees that. But but they did mention that there is a new rug there. Mm-hmm. Because that was another reason to clean Adam at up because you didn't want that new rug smelling like piss. Yeah. And um, and or shit. And <laughs> um, and so I, and I'm pretty sure that's pretty pretty early on in the meeting with the proprietor th- mm-hmm. that Adam at's thinking that I, he's going to try to get a, a piece of thread from that rug. Right. And, oh, but before he goes in, uh, this the handler. Uh, I don't know what her name. I don't know if they ever got her name. The person that he's communicating with. I don't know if they did get her name. Let me see. Yeah. So basically, he comes into the room where the proprietor is, and like, there's like a divider. Yeah. In yeah. the room, he he makes note of the rug, like Patrick said, and then there's a divider there, and mm. then there's a woman. They say woman, right? I believe so. Yeah. And um, I was kind of picturing the same person as I don't know why, but I was thinking of Faye. I was thinking Fell. Yeah, fail. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Ricard. Ricard's, yeah, Ricard's person. person. Because I think they serve a very similar purpose. Yeah, is why I thought that. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's, it's not fail. He would have recognized it yeah. being fail. Um, but the divider's there for the proprietor to be on the other side. And this handler, he walks in and, he's, and the handler basically says, "You're not to speak with the proprietor directly, yeah. and the proprietor is not going to speak. All communication is going to be through me. Yep. The proprietor is going to." Write messages down, mm-hmm. and any direct. There's not going to be any direct communication. Yeah, and if you were to catch a glimpse of him, you'll be dead. That's right. Yeah. 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 And 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 I'm pretty sure the eunuch said this too, before Adamat knew that you know there was going to be a divider there. He said only three people know the the face of the proprietor in all of. I don't know if he said Adro or all of the nine. And he says, and you're not you're not about to be another one. Yeah. So like Adamat knew he wasn't going to get a chance to see him. But he's like, but that's that's my best chance because all he needs is a glimpse because he'll remember because of his neck. Yeah. Um, but she says if you catch a glimpse, you'll you'll be dead. So that's how they communicate. And um, she just referred to oh Amber. Amber. Okay. She pronounced the word like Amber. Amber. I'm Amber. <laughs> Hello, I'm Amber. Um, and so they communicate. You know, they they start having a conversation via Amber. Uh, Amber. And. Um, He's kind of questioning about Vetus, and for some reason, Adamat opens up with a lie. Like he says, he he asks him to. The proprietor asks Adamat, "Does he know Vetus? Does he yeah. know of Vetus?" And he says, "No." That's right. There's a man by the name of Lord Vetus that has been causing my organization no small amount of problems. Yeah. I don't know the name. Yeah. Adamat lied. But but that you know that goes ahead. I guess that should be um, comforting to Adamat because that probably tells him that Vetus is not. Not with him. Unless, I don't remember if, if he had this kind of inner monologue, but that could have been a trap in a way. Mm-hmm. It could have been a, a, you know, a ruse of some sort, but it wasn't. Yeah, he like he could pretend that like uh, he was against Vetus to get yeah. more information out of Adamat. But uh, and, it, and so we kind of had this thing going on and on, and I think Adamat officially like finally says, you know, I think Vetus has my family and whatnot, mm-hmm. but. Um, it seems like the proprietor wants to hire Adamat to help stop him, even though Adam, I mean that's already Adamat's goal. So the proprietor doesn't know that. Um, but then Adamat 
and I don't I think this is a negative for Adam and I don't know if he should have done this he let he let his investigative mind wander and he speak he spoke aloud when he probably shouldn't have mm. and he was trying to figure out why pr- the proprietor would even care about Beavis right and, and so he's trying to figure it out and he's saying well you know is he is he cutting into your territory cutting into all your stuff and making things harder for you and all this stuff and so then the proprietor gets kind of mad about it and he, he says yeah we're done here yeah we're done uh, I don't want to hire you anymore but no but um he says something earlier on that makes the proprietor laugh because he hears a chuckle. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, though. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it here. It might have something uh, to do with... Because uh, they had a conversation about uh, Camuel declaring that he had killed a god and oh, yeah. a chef being a god and stuff like that, but I don't... Oh, and during the conversation, Adamat is informed that Tamas has died. Tamas has been killed, yeah. And that in part of the whole... Um, working for the proprietor would involve being paid not to help Rickard's campaign. Here it is. Uh, that brings me... He goes, what would you hire me to do? Uh, that brings me around to my first question. He replies, what do you have? What interest do you have in Lord Vetus? He's asking Adam at that. And he goes, uh, the, pro- uh, the proprietor didn't know about his wife, yeah. uh, which meant the eunuch hadn't told him yet. It also yeah. meant either the proprietor wasn't working for Vetus or that he was not close enough that, to Vetus that had, or close enough that Vetus had told him about Adamat. And he goes, he has my wife, I'm going to find him, rescue my wife, and kill Lord Vetus. Mm-hmm. Adamat heard a low chuckle from behind the screen. He couldn't help but scowl. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the job offer is rescinded, and they, they let Adamat go. That They're not going to kill him or nothing. They let him go. Um, but as he's leaving, they knock him out, of course. Yeah, and he does find out one good piece of information about Vetus if he's going to do his campaign. Mm-hmm. Two pieces, you know, Tamis is dead, so his sponsor is, yeah. you know, ostensibly gone. So he loses and, money and his protection. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then um, the proprietor says that he's got 60 enforcers, one of which is a privileged. Yep, yep. So he knows his security detail at that point. Yeah, which... Yeah, so which is important for like how he's gonna. Yeah, what are you gonna do at that point? If, if, exactly. If, if you've lost Tamis, and you presumably have lost his soldiers and his support and his money, um, how can you one continue to protect your children, and then go after Vetus? You know, so um, the children that you have, and, and then go after Vetus to get your wife and uh, uh, your oldest son. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, you get a lot out of that out of chapter ten. Um, but then we, we move on to chapter 11, and Taniel and K-Pole finally arrive to the, to the front lines, and um, um, Taniel finds out that he is the last uh, privilege, the la- or not privilege, but the mark, the powder mage, um, in the military, and um, all the other ones were with Tamis when they were presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was an, the, uh, he, somebody's talking to him, and he, done, he didn't realize it, he was kind of like daydreaming, and that... I think it's like a colonel, I believe. And the colonel says something to the effect of, you know, you know, if you don't answer me, you know, whatever. He's, it, you know, he's like daydreaming in this major. Yeah. It's, I think it's a major actually. Not that it. Really well, I, I think I think it's a colonel, and then the colonel calls the major over. Oh, that that that's exactly right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I don't um, remember who the person was that initially started it, but they I think it's some unnamed person. Yeah, and like he's just sitting like out on like a. A knoll in the shade under a tree or something like that. He's just like day, like yeah, because I don't think he's actually interacted with a soldier yet. 
Yeah. Was he? he just right. Or maybe he had. That's how he found out about all that stuff. But but he hasn't like reported for duty in a, in a and, sense. And this person's like, uh, you know, salute to your betters, you know, yeah. soldier and stuff like that. Because he and, didn't he didn't recognize who he is either. Yeah, and the, you know, based on his appear or based on his jacket, you know, they can tell he's a captain, yeah. which is pretty. Uh, based on this, I don't know. I don't know structure in the military. I know that captain is relatively low. It's like yeah. a low level like officer. Yeah, and and I think it points out that. Normally, he would have gold stars, but he sold them for the mala, so he has silver stars. Yeah. So it could be reversed. And he doesn't have his powder mage pin on either. So that's right. So that's something else that's happening. But um, but yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't ever have to deal with this, so he's like, yeah, I, I, screw you. Because I think it says later on, I don't know if it's in this chapter or later in, in this section that we're going over, that Tamis purposely kept him out of that hierarchy, that military hierarchy. He technically belongs to brigade because this colonel asked him, "What brigade do you belong to?" And he replied, "He didn't have one." Yeah, he, or he says something like, "He's like maybe the seventh. I think he internally says maybe the seventh. Yeah, which yeah, I think yeah. he is. I think we get confirmation of that later on. But, um, but yeah, he basically like, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, the one. internal monologue is the seventh maybe, and it says he replies to her with a shrug. Yeah, yeah, and so um, then that colonel calls over Major Dorvier. Um, and that's where like more altercation happens about rank and um, you know um, all this all manner of stuff, and then it eventually boils over into they're trying to find a place to sleep. There's no really nowhere to sleep, so he goes into this like bar um, or kind of like a kind of like a bar slash tavern, you know, type yeah. of thing. And um, he's trying to get a place to sleep. People again, people don't really recognize who he is. Um, but then that Dorvir kind of starts this whole mess about Capel. Like, is, is that your wife? No. Is it your fiance? No. Is it a? Are, is she in uh, the military? He's like, no. He's like, well, she can't be here. Mm-hmm. And and all this stuff. And then <coughs> Tanyol's like, well, we'll get married then. So, so she's my fiance now. And mm-hmm. just tongue in cheek and everything. Yeah, everything is kind of back and forth, and that's kind of where I'm like, I understand Tanyol's frustrations at the moment. Especially, I don't know if he knows this yet, but he's, he's about to. They keep retreating, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's just very, he's just pissed off. And um, and one one thing that he does find out here in this chapter, you know, with Tamis's death, one, he's having to deal with his dad dying, and two, you know, he doesn't know where his place is in, yeah. in you know, in all this. And uh, the major says to him, or the colonel says to him, Captain, I should warn you, the field marshal was quite lenient with all his his soldiers, especially his mages. So Tamis was lenient with soldiers, and especially his mages. And with him dying, there's been a shift in our policies. And the general staff will, they doubt that the general staff will make an exception for him, even with his reputation. And he had pointed a pistol at one of the people that was going yeah. to arrest him. Yeah. And uh, point a pistol at a ranking officer again, and you'll be shot. Daniel asked, and the colonel replied, "Hanged." Yeah. And I would say, I. It's nice. You know, world building, character building, whatever, but that doesn't seem, Tamis being lenient with his, with his officers don't doesn't seem, what I would have thought with Tamis. Yeah. Like, like, based on how hard nosed he was, like, we, it makes sense from where we have met Tamis because you know Olam's a very frank person, mm-hmm. 
and he's and he's like you know, him and Olam have a nice rapport, but he's always kind of wondering like you know oh he lets Olam slide with stuff, but he you know when we first met Olam he said he he'd had some people flogged for lesser offenses than what Olam was doing. Yeah. And so to hear that he had always been lenient with these people doesn't seem to jive with me. We also haven't had a look inside, you know, the, I guess, politics, for lack of a better word, of yeah. of the Adrian military. Yeah. You know, with from Thomas's perspective. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. That's how he handles everybody else. Yeah. But we really haven't had experience outside of that flogging comment. Yeah. It's all been... And, and, and maybe they're only referring to since the coup, maybe. Yeah. You know, things have changed since the coup and the war. Uh, maybe that's what he was referring to. But, yeah, so, you know, they, they keep having all these altercations, and, and he's still struggling with the overcoming, you know, the mala. And, um, um, yeah, it's it's only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we switch perspective over to Adamat, and he, uh, he, he wakes up after he got hit over the head. And he's in a carriage, and um, they drop him off close to Election Square. Um, and he kind of goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to make sure that he's, he doesn't have a tail on him. Um, because cause he did. He was able, at the very end, before they kicked him out, he dropped down and was he dropped his handkerchief. And he, when he picked it up, he grabbed the thread of uh, the rug. Right. And so he, so he ends up going into a... Um, um, a rug, like a, I don't know what you call those kind of people. I know you call sh- people who work on shoes cobblers. I don't know what you call people who work on rugs. Ruggists. Um, a quilter, mm-hmm. a, sew- a sewist or something. I don't know. A seamstress. A se- yeah, there you go, seamstress. There we go. That's dresses, though, and, like, clothing. Yeah. Well, Rug you, maker. Your local Hobby Lobby person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's not just, like, it's not just anybody. It's a lady that is friends with Faye. Yeah, because that's one of the things. So he... Well, I like how he, he pulls it out and he goes, I hope that's not like a, a, a piece of thread from my pocket or my jacket pocket. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it was such a small piece that he got. But, you know, he's trying to get, he wants to get it analyzed. He wants to know a little bit about it. And she says it's going to take a few weeks, but he's like, I need it sooner than that. And she says, all right, but I need, you know, I need a, like a play date or whatever with, with Faye because she's she wondering where they're, from, yeah, because yeah. she's been kidnapped. And he didn't want to let her in on that. So he kind of makes up an excuse for where she is. And, and also, I like, this is the parts of the book that I like. So it's weird that I, I get bored with, like, the Taniel military stuff. But I like how he brings up about the coup and the revolution, and she's, you know, she's of the opinion she doesn't like Tamas because mm-hmm. of it. And it's just hearing the everyday person's uh, opinion on what's going on. Yeah. And she doesn't believe that it's all, that it's for the betterment of of their people. It feels that feels very real, I guess. You know that the the everyday blue collar type folks, they're like those people don't care about us. It's all plots, it's all a game to them. They don't, yeah. you know, so I don't know, it added a splash without being too bring, you know, cuz we talk about that a lot. You know, we don't want to be reminded of the real world. But you need to have a little bit of reminders to make it feel real. You have to be anch- everything needs to be anchored in reality somehow. Yeah. And I think that did a good job of not going too far into pulling you out, but enough to actually pull you in a little bit mm-hmm. more. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, so then we swap over to Chapter 12. We get back over to Daniel, and he, he is actually at the front lines now with Capel, um, 
and uh, Major Dorville and him are still like they keep they keep having arguments over like the tactics and and um, and really you know kind of what we were talking about about how closely is Taniel how, how you know his again being he would always get his orders from Tamas so now he's he doesn't have that crutch to lean on or yeah and so like how how bound is he by orders of of these people um but yeah they've been they've been retreating over and over again and and uh Daniel tries to like single-handedly hold them off did he finally take some gunpowder yeah yeah he, finally he, did, he did at the yeah he did like at the beginning of the fight and yeah um yeah uh he's the only one on the front lines like kind of going in berserker mode and yeah. just killing everything. And uh, after they call retreat, he doesn't, like, really retreat that much. He, uh, you know, single tries to single-handedly uh, hold them off, and then he, he kind of retreats after he fights one of the Black Wardens, is what, they've been, yeah. is what they've now been calling those Powder Wardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um and this is where it kind of started to really feel like what I was talking about with the parallels to the Last Jedi is that, you know, they're they're him and Dorvir are having these arguments about her poor leadership and 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 all that stuff. And I'm like, man, this is kind of getting close to that. Um, she threatens to have him hanged, and so it's just I'm. Like I said, I think it feels more. Um, uh, the groundwork for this has been laid better than The Last Jedi. So I would say this is a very similar situation. The Last Jedi did not do it well. This this does it better. It's just still not... I don't really care to hear it. Like, I don't... It, But it needs to be there, so like, I'm not going to let it bother me. It's just... it. it I'm just being matter-of-fact that it took me a while to get through these chapters because of it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's always going to be lulls and stuff like that, and you know... And you, yeah, you can't always be going up and up and up, you, you know? You don't want, and you also don't want to read about, you know, somebody just kind of being whiny. Yeah. You just don't. And and that's yeah. kind of how all this comes across. It's like, poor me, poor me, and, you know, it's hard to put it in context, yeah. like, as you're reading it, but it, that there is the context there that he's going through a tough time. One thing we do find out uh, is, you know, after this... Sec, like second or third altercation with the major, uh, one of the soldiers whispers to him, "You know, you don't really want to make her mad." Talking yeah. about the major, and um, you know, if that one turns her eyes on you, she'll sleep with you or see you dead. Yeah, or both. And he goes, uh, "She can go to the pit for all I care." And he goes, "Well, she's General Ket's sister." We do meet some of the generals in this yeah. chapter. Yeah. Ket, which is a fifty-year-old woman, Holanska, who we met earlier, the fat guy who's the ar- artillery, and he was with Tamis. Before Tamas left, right? Right. Um, so that's that's the one we met, yeah. where his guys uh, found the cave. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he and Taniel does recognize these generals. Yeah. Or some of them, not all of them. And uh, you know, because she's her sister, she does what she wants, but she's a damn good officer. So mm-hmm. the soldiers, you know, are aware that you know she'll dog you, but like she does have merit in being a good officer. Yeah. A couple of other things, though, oh, before yeah. we move yeah. on. Um, yeah, so, you know, when he's doing the retreat, he's, like, you know, single-handedly holding everybody off. But one of the soldiers who was with him on the lines was, like, obviously a young soldier, and he was scared and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he kind of reassured him. And 
I don't know if y'all if you remember in the two towers where there was a kid that had a sword and Aragorn comes up to him and said this yeah. is a good blade. Yeah. Basically, does the exact same thing but with his rifle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he ends up uh, getting. Uh, severely injured the kid does mm -hmm. and so while they're retreating he's like fighting and like grabbing the kid yeah. and like pulling him back and as they're leaving uh he goes get this kid a medic mm -hmm. uh pissed off you know i don't care what happens get him a medic yeah. and the guy goes sir he's already dead yeah he, so he's not even like noticing these things and the last thing i want to mention is that when this all started daniel missed his first shot and he couldn't believe it yeah yeah i forgot about that because he he loaded it twice, or mm -hmm. he loaded he loaded it twice and using a gunpowder, and the and the guy next to him, not knowing he's a powder mage, was like, "Are you are you, are you okay? You stupid? Yeah, you stupid. You ain't from around here, boy. <laughs> you stupid or something?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, good 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 points. I forgot about I forgot about that. Um, so he's like legitimately going into berserker mode. Yeah. Like everything is red. Like he doesn't mention the red, you know. But like when you think about this, or when it's typically you know stated in books and such. Yeah. Well, the and you know the um, it it, it kind of goes back to what Faye was saying about him being God touched or something like that mm -hmm. in in the last section. Yeah, and um, that could be part of it—the Mala thing and then this and then, yeah. It, I it, mentioned it, the last episode he's Krasimir, but you know, huh? I mentioned in the last episode he's Krasimir. Yeah, he could be Krasimir. The old transitive property of uh, bullets. But <laughs> if you shoot something, you become what you shot. Yeah, That's exactly. Why everybody knows that. It's like the Elder Wand. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Okay, but... Uh, <laughs> this is easy peasy, just like Wombo. Wombo. <laughs> <laughs> so, ch chapter 13. Um, Tamis' relationship with Laura is uh, getting better. Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're starting to... Which, it, that made sense because, you know, how long could Tamis get be upset with her? And two... And he's losing everybody. He think he doesn't know if Tamis is going to make it. He's lost Saban. I mean, it, it it doesn't make sense to continue to hold a grudge. And uh, she's also, you know, kind of taking charge. You know, yeah. It, it seems like, and you know, they're still, you know, out in the wilderness, yeah. and uh, they are hungry at this point. And so, uh, Laura comes with a plan. Um, you know, Laura and her group is you know, in charge of kind of like hunting and trapping. Yeah. And they, they plan to go to uh, Hundora, uh, which is, uh, I, I, they didn't know that until, I guess, Laura's scouting, but it's abandoned. They mm -hmm. didn't know that, though. Because cause they mentioned earlier that they were going to go go there. That, that was their target. Yeah. But they didn't know it was abandoned. Um, and then Olam suggests that they make a stand against, against the Kez at Hundora. Um... And um, I think that's that's really all you get out of that section. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing really crazy. Um, we switch over back to Adamat and um, him and Sergeant Aldrich, which I don't... Is this the first time we've met Sergeant Aldrich? I think he was the guy when they uh, took Adamat's house back. Okay, yeah. And, he, yeah. and he's in charge of... The, you know, they've been watching the kids and stuff. Yeah, and he's in charge of the squad of rifle jacks. And, um, you know... Uh, Adamant's trying to be real, real cautious about revealing information of Tamas being dead. Yeah. Because he's afraid that he'll lose his that support. Right. Um. And uh, but at first he he thinks about hiring Bo. 
because he's wondering where where do they what do they do with Bo? Is he still alive? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if 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 Vetus has a privilege, I'm you know he's gonna need. He's a gonna have to have one. Like it doesn't matter how many men you got, you're gonna have to have somebody. Some yeah. Person. And um. Uh, but he's kind of like no, you know. He, uh, what's his name? Aldridge. Aldridge is like no, we can't use Bo. You know he's got the guy. He's got the gauge. Um, <laughs> and whatever he. Uh, uh, Adamat kind of lets it slip that he did read the newspaper or whatnot. But mm-hmm. regardless, they, they get a newspaper, they find out, you know, Tamis is dead. And so he's like, if Tamis is dead or presumed dead, if you presume dead, then there's no problem with using Bo. Right. He also mentions that the headline is sensational. You know, it's actually presumed dead, the yeah. headline. Yeah. Aldrich says this. Yeah. Um, Tamis went behind any lines and hadn't been seen since. And uh, he's not going to believe it until. You know, he sees it. Yeah, and and he and he, he makes Adamant feel better because he says, you know, uh, I was this was like the last, like, you know, order that Tamas gave me. Mm-hmm. If he is dead, I'm still gonna see it through. Right. So he's still gonna protect him. With the caveat, he said, "You've got me until uh, the Kez army is knocking on Adap- Adapest's front door." So, yeah, and then he then he needs to, which it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, it's not Adapest. It's it's. It's in Adro, but it's not at Adipes. Right, they're in Adro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to remember, Adipes is the city, Adro is the country. Um, so then, uh, you know, Adamat returns back to his safe house, and uh, he, uh, Sue Smith is there, mm-hmm. and um, he, like he said, he tells Sue Smith, he goes, "This is probably going to be." He's like, "Consider this, our, you know, the end of your employment because I'm about to do something stupid." Yeah. And he's like, he's like. You know, don't put words in my mouth. You know, I'm here to help. And he's like, I'm going to blackmail the proprietor. And he's like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I'm, I'm I think done. it's best for me to, you know, <laughs> peace out. Because he's and got so, family. Yeah, and, you know, we bring, we, we kind of say that lightly, but, like, he says a couple of things, and Sue Smith's like, no, man, like, we're, we're in this together. Like, whatever you need, like, you know, he basically says, like, I've already taken a bullet for you. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd die, like, helping you out. Yeah. And then he says... Well, I'm a black male proprietor, <laughs> and then he's like, "No, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I got family." I he got says, "He says for once, I agree with you." <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, I like, you know, I so mean, I he, hate it. He says, "Sorry, friend, I'll die for you, but the proprietor won't stop with me." Yeah. So I, I meaning I, Sue Smith's family. Yeah, I think he said he had a brother, and um, his brother has like kids and stuff. So it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But and Adamat said that too. Like, yeah. He's not upset about it. I mean. Right. He want, he's selfish. He 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 acknowledges that his want of uh, Sue Smith is selfish, but he's not gonna. He's yeah yeah. He, yeah. he acknowledges the selfishness of it. Um, chapter fourteen. I, I'm even getting tired reviewing these chapters <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Daniel. But we're back with Daniel, and he's tired of five retreats in three days, um, and he kind of wanders and I don't know, I don't know how he ended up there, but he ends up in a meeting. With a bunch of the high-ranking military officers, and there's where he um, is. He he's next to Hill Hilsanka. Helanska. Helanska. Yeah. And Helanska doesn't recognize him until right. until a little bit. And um, there's another uh, a colonel. This isn't a general, but uh, Colonel Etan. Yeah, Etan. Colonel, yeah. He meets him here, and he's uh, he's like a big freaking guy. Like yeah. him and his group. What they're not. Uh, they are. Uh, they're not artillery guys, but. 
Strongmen. I forget what they're like. Grenadiers. Grenadiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and him and his group are just like, you know, and he he kind of you could tell that there's a friendly relationship between Etan and Taniel. Yeah, and and he and he Taniel says he well there's rumors that that uh, Krasimir's helping the Kevs, mm-hmm. and Taniel says he shot him, and then like is it Etan that like jumps up and says hey he shot him yeah <laughs> so. Um, but then somebody ju- says, um, "No, he was in whenever they had a parlay that morning. He said he was in the corner because the because the, the, there's some Prince of Adam or the Wings of Adam. There's Wings mm-hmm. of Adam's uh, brigadiers there, and they said they could sense the magic coming off of him or something. Yeah. So, and he, and I don't know that there's some weird stuff about all that about about the Kresimir, like the rumors of him being alive or him being whatever it is." Um, but then Daniel gets into an altercation with General Kett and um, like says he's gonna kill her, and like he tries to charge after her. Yeah. But, but then was it Etan that holds him down? Etan and Halaska, Halanska hold him down. Yeah. And he's like, he, "You drove me like five feet or whatever." Yeah. He mentions that like nobody has ever pushed me five feet when I decide to to stop someone. So I, so I guess I I get Brian McClellan's point. He's slowly sowing these seeds of, you know, that God touch thing or whatever it yeah. is from earlier on. It's, you know, starting with, you know, how much mala he can take, starting with him being able to take on the Black Wardens, um, you know, back when he was in Adipest, mm-hmm. the, the first encounter with them, and then, you know, this. Like, it's just in him going berserker mode. Like, it, he's, he's putting the seeds in, but it's just like, and he even mentions to himself, had he really called Ket a bitch in front of the entire general staff. Yeah. He called her, he said, I'll kill you, you stupid bitch. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's why I was saying, like, I'm conflicted because he is kind of being whiny-ish and, and he's doing actions that I think aren't good. But also, part of me does question their continual retreating. Uh, I mean, of course, they don't want to all die either, but, I mean... And we have no evidence of this, but, you know, Tamas says he'd been betrayed once again because yeah. uh, the catacombs yeah. were blown up. And so it's not mentioned in this chapter. It's mentioned in a forward chapter, but I had already been thinking this. Yeah. Like, the retreats seem like... If they're suspicious to Daniel, maybe they really are suspicious. Yeah. You know, I know he's mad and, you know, grief-stricken or whatever, but, like, maybe they're intentional. And that, so like that's why... slowly I'm, bleeding soldiers on purpose. So that's, yeah, that's kind of why I'm, conf- like, conflicted, because, like, he's not acting the best, but he may be onto something. Yeah. You know, he, and, um, and, you know, it could all go back to, you know, when Tamis led all his people out through the catacombs, somebody probably thought... Somebody who was already upset with the whole situation, the coup, the war, everything, who was in the military decided to basically create this, to, to, to basically take over and stop whatever was happening. Another thing that they mention is, or he, he in the conversation, like, Holanska pulls him aside after the whole thing mm-hmm. and basically is, like, discussing, you know, like, calming him down and, you know, telling him about everything. And he asks, who keeps ordering all the retreats? And Holanska goes, I have. Yeah. He's the one. And they said that we haven't had an answer to the Black Wardens until you. Not even the Wing's privilege can do that. He can't imagine the Kez creating something that they couldn't even control. Yeah. 
Which is so crazy. They, the privilege can't even affect these black wardens. And then it, that's when he finds out Saban is dead. And yep. uh, and then all those Powder Range recruits that, that Tannis had been gathering since you know the beginning of Promise of Blood, they are with Tannis. So, so literally, he's the only person there. Yeah. Um, and so he learns that his mentor, his teacher, is dead, along with his father and along with all the marked, and he's the last of his kind. And Laura, you know, yeah. that would include Laura. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's not looking good. Um, he said, "Fight is his only answer." Yeah, and uh, so then uh, <clears throat> chapter fifteen, we get back to Tamis, and I think that's probably another thing that's probably a negative here is that you keep going back between back and forth between two different troops, mm-hmm. and. Tamis's story is more interesting, much but, more interesting. But they can, but they can kind of get blurry, you know. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like okay, you know, more military stuff happening. Um, but and it's not that I don't like military stuff. It's just I don't want continual just blah. And blah. you're and the problem with the, you know Daniel's whininess might be uh, compounded by the fact that we just know that Tamis is alive. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> we just know he's alive. It's like the uh, the Hitchcock bomb under the table, but like gone to a fault yeah you know like it's it's fine to do that but it's like it's enough okay we got the point <laughs> but i think that once it reached critical mass for mm-hmm. me i think is when it shifts yeah yeah so like this last chapter i was like okay this is enough like i'm tired of Daniel now at 15 is yeah. when i got tired of Daniel. Yeah. or sorry 14 where we where we just finished yeah but um but and, and I think fifteen. I really liked fifteen. Fifteen was good. Uh, so t- you know, Tamis, h- him and their troops, they they're trying to um, like they're going through the forest, whatever. And there's a Kez vanguard that that, that reaches them, um, or that's getting to them. And uh, I love the guy that he talks to, the really old dude, Colonel Arbor. Oh man, it's the pulls way- out his teeth. He's like a hard son of a bitch. He's like a wily, like yeah. he does things his own way, but like his guys are the best. In, yeah. in their uh, brigade. Yeah, and the way the narrator does that guy is so... Is it funny? Oh, I mean, it's just, you you know who he is, like, immediately. I wish you'd ride. Won't do it, he said. My old bollocks hurt like the pit in the saddle. <laughs> Besides, sir, we need ho- horses for scouting. Yeah, he, yeah, he's awesome. Um, but they, the, uh, Tamis orders a walking retreat, and that's who he assigns to do it, mm-hmm. is, is him and his folk. And... Um, they actually have a victory. There's a little bit of a fight, and and uh, yeah, they, they kind of beat the Kez. The Kez Vanguard shows up, yeah. and yeah, they beat the Kez, and it's a rout. Like uh, you know, General or Colonel Arbor's men, you know, kind of give them give them the what's what, give them the beans, and <laughs> give them the old beans, dip them <laughs> beans, and uh, you know, uh, Tamis mentions that our people are worth more though. Like you know, yeah, even though they won, like. They can't do this all the time, but they get food. Yeah, they do get some food, get some horses. Get some, because uh, you know the Kez Vanguard is we as we know are dragoons, you know cavalry, and yeah. so they killed the cavalry, and so they got they got dead horses to yeah, eat on now. Exactly, and and Thomas even starts to wonder, you know, about you know just you know war in general, and mm-hmm. it, it seems it's fun because. You know, if you could just go what like read a timeline of Tam of just Tamus from the beginning of Promise of Blood to now, you know you can see the natural progression of the character. 
kind of just changing He's finally, slightly. like, he's had a life of war, but he didn't seem tired of it until now. Yeah. He's starting to seem tired of it. Yeah. And, and that's uh, when he mentions battlefield bur burials because they don't have time. You know, they just yeah. do put up a tent with their gear and stuff like that where, yeah. they, where they lay in hopes that the Kevs would give them a proper burial. And he, and he says, you know, four to five times it didn't work. It didn't somebody work. Somebody at, yeah, in, Ger in Gerla. Gerla. Uh, and somebody said, did they give them a proper burial? Four times out of five, no. They leave <laughs> them to rot in the girlish sun. Yeah, so it, yeah. But, you know, they still try. Um, and, and that's kind of the interesting thing, I guess, because, you know, we, we talk about how this setting feels very similar to, um, like, the Sherlock Holmes era, uh, what, like 1800s, um, into, like, 1900s. Yeah, like, like that's kind of the early industrial revolution. And that's kind of, I guess, you know... The, the the last era of civilized warfare, if you could call it that, you know, like not modern. It's the first. It's the last era of what I call like, you know, that not modern warfare. Yeah. Whereas used to there was kind of like a decorum to the to war, mm -hmm. and you're kind of seeing, I guess, that kind of fall maybe yeah. um, in this world. It's falling in this world um, because of that, but. Um, but yeah, Adamat, uh, we switch over, and Adamat, um, he finds, of course he was going to find where, where Tamis' stash bow, and he makes a point that he's using Tamis' man to undo what Tamis did. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, it was it was a fun little side note, and, um, but he's being guarded by Colonel Varundish, who... We found in Return to Honor. Yeah. And that's that one piece, and another piece later... If you didn't read Return to Honor, it would almost seem, not this, but the other thing, mm -hmm. would seem kind of come out of nowhere, but we'll get to that when we get there. But Yeah, this yeah it mentions like Colonel Verundis, like we're supposed to know who they are. Like yeah. if you don't read Return to Honor, you don't know who she is. No. But she's the one guarding him. Yeah. And uh, he has a conversation. She allows him to have a conversation with Bo. And in all that, he finds out that Tamis isn't dead because yeah. <laughs> Bo still has his gate. But he hadn't told anybody. He hasn't, which is yeah, smart. Which yeah, is, Bo hasn't told anybody but Adamat. He didn't really even tell him, but just the way he's Adamat said, uh, Adamat observes like how he's saying yeah. things and yeah. like his yeah. like facial like yeah. you know responses and how he's saying things. And I would say though, this is one thing uh, that uh, at least with the narrator, I don't. He's narrating Bo differently in this book than he did. Promised Blood, best I remember. Like, is he? Yeah, but you know, I guess that's neither here nor there because pe some people probably aren't listening to it. But he's, it sounds different. But I, I haven't gone back to listen, oh, okay. so I don't know. I didn't pick up on that reading it. Yeah. So as long as yeah, as long as his dialect and, and dialogue still feel the same, it doesn't matter. Um. Uh. But yeah. So he he kind of he asked him, you know, if I could get you out of here. Would you be able to help me or whatnot? Do what I got to do. He says, if you get me out of here, I'll do anything. Yeah, because he says that he, he uh, within a year of of whatever happened, that's when he would die. Yeah. From from the gade, mm -hmm. um, and it's only been oh, that's what it was. That's when he said it's been six months since the fall of man. So it hasn't been three; it's been six. Yeah. So it, it's been a while. Um, and it. He says, "I'll be a mime. I'll spend a week as a mime in the king's garden if you get me out." Yeah, but so yeah, so he says he'll do it, and then when he when Adam uh, Bo says that he'll help Adamat if he can bring him free, and uh, Adamat 
tries to bribe Varundish. And Varundish at first is like, no. But then she Like Adamat ends up walking away and yeah. then she goes, Hey Yeah. Hey, come back here. <laughs> Seventy five thousand bucks. One week. One week. Now. Um or yeah, yeah, one week. Um so so Oh, in cash. Yeah, yeah. It's got so it's banknotes. Which that puts a wrench and everything. Um we move over to chapter sixteen and uh Capel Capel and Tamis are like walking the the uh, battlefield after a battle and she's like gathering up bits of like dried blood, people's hair, fingernails, whatever from the battle. And it's interesting, Taniel has the same thoughts that Tamis did at the end of the last fight. How many people died here? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a it's a interesting like Yeah. It's not I, even ju- I, I it's not even, juxtaposition. It's just like what would you call that? Um there's a word for it. I just don't know what it is. Corollary, maybe? I don't know. Whatever. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, it's like he has the same thoughts as Tamis. Yeah. Which is very interesting yeah. to me. But then he, he kind of has a... Uh, something, something kind of freaks him out because he's like, what if Kresimir is walking the, walking the grave or walking the battlefield? So he gets kind of spooked, which yeah. is weird. And so he leaves Capel out there and he starts walking back. Yeah, Capel's like among the dead, just like pulling hairs and stuff like that. And She's a boner. She don't care. <laughs> And uh, Bona is tough. But this is kind of where I started really liking it because I love I love the scene that happens next when he he gets um, uh, which we already know the what are they called the prospectors? They're the people that kind of uh, keep the keep the quorum keep the provost the provost. They're like military police, yeah. Yeah, and uh, because they've already like stopped somebody from like battling after the battle Mm -hmm. like was not you know was like officially over. Um, so he knows that the provosts are, are coming for him, which he's kind of is confused why they haven't already got him. They know where he is. Right. He's on the front lines. And, uh, um, but this, um, I can't remember the person's name. There are three Fs. One of the Fs, the first F. Um, Flint, Faint, and Splatchel. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of them um, comes up to them, and he's like wanting, he's kind of nervous, and he, he's asking him to come have dinner with him and some people. And Adamant, or not Adamant, uh, uh, Daniel's kind of worried that it could be like somebody trying to kill him yeah. sadly, you know, like kind of just taking care of him. And uh, I love their back and forth because he's like, he's, he said, We got some, what? Uh, Dubin Rome. Yeah, Dubin Dalvin, Dubin. Yeah, and uh, he's like, That's he's shit like, that uh, sailors drink. It's and horrid. He, and he gets him upset a little bit. And like he says, what's your name? And he tells him, but he doesn't say sir with it. And you got all this stuff. And Tanya's like, I got a taste for it. You know, I said, I'll, I'll be honored to join you. And so he goes back and you got, what, what are they called? Flint, Flint's Fellows or something? Or uh, Let's see. Flint Fate. We're the Fellows of the 11th Brigade. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, Faint, I think, is a woman. Yeah, Faint's a woman. There's Finley, Flint, and Faint. Yeah. Which they all kind of remind me of the guy who he busted his mouth on sh- uh, Shoulder Crown. The one that ended up with a lisp afterwards. What was his name? I don't remember him. He, uh, he like, punched him in the face, and he ended up chipping his tooth. And so then the, well, I guess you didn't hear the audiobook. <laughs> the narrator was spoke. It's that, it's that detailed? I never listen to audiobooks. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, he, like, he spoke a certain way, and then after Tamas punched or uh, Daniel punched him and broke his chipped his tooth. He had a lisp the rest of the book. I remember. You mean Daniel punching him, right? Yeah, Daniel. Daniel punched him. I remember him doing that, but given that I had didn't hear the lisp, I can't yeah. think of who it is. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know what his name was, but it was an F. And for a second, I thought it one of them was him. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, that wouldn't be right. He probably is dead. Finley's uh, the ugliest man in the eleven, too. Yeah, that's good to know. Uh, you know, we'll take him home to mama. Um, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, they end up you know hanging out at their fire and they talk about war and, and combat and. Um, one of them, I think, was actually a part of, or one of them knew Taniel to be. Yeah, he was uh, with him uh, when he went after the privileged at the university. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, Julian and uh, Rosalia. Rosalia. Yeah. And, uh, um, and actually, that's the last of their entire, not just their squad. And he, and he kind of, it's kind of messed up, like... Uh, Let's see. Um, most weren't so lucky. Uh, usually a squad would eat together. So a squad, you know, is a small group inside mm-hmm. of the uh, brigade, and they're the 11th brigade, and they're in the 11th brigade. Yeah. And he said, all that's left of your squad after the, like, y'all are all that's left of the squad, because yeah. squads usually eat together, and then they're a yeah. lot bigger than three people. Yeah. And uh, Faint chuckles, and he's like, that's kind of messed up. And one of the other ones says it's not funny. And uh, he uh, Flint goes, we're not the last ones in our squad. We're the last ones of our company. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> which is two hundred men. Golly, yeah. So, um, but yeah, they kind of just have a. It's it's a nice kind of human moment, um, and uh, it's very enjoyable. Um, like again, because the bar has been set so low and all this just mm-hmm. constant crap. Um, not crap writing, but just stuff I don't care about. And um, Capel ends up, she's making her one of those dolls, and mm-hmm. and it, Daniel notices that it's the face of Kresimir, but Capel never saw his face. So there's kind of like a, I'm assuming that she, somehow in her magic with healing of Daniel, she was able to see the image of him via Daniel's memories, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, or maybe she just knows what what what, what Kresimir looks like. Yeah. I don't know. Um, one or the other. Uh, and so she's saying, you know, she's going to need to get some blood to put in there so she can kill him. If he can get Kresmir's blood, yeah. she can kill him. Um, and he also asks her in this chapter, uh, the blood and hair that you're getting from the battlefield, it's from the living, right? Yeah. And she goes, yeah. Yeah. So I guess her magic, like, she can't, they have to be alive, which make I guess makes sense. Yeah, like you can't. I had always assumed that that was the case. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't... I guess that didn't really need explanation for the for the audience, maybe for Daniel, but not for not for I say the audience for the readers. I don't think the readers needed that. Yeah. Um, we switch perspectives to Nyla, and she's you know making some plans to poison Venus. Um, after you know he he's talking about how you know the nobility is going to come out of hiding and they're they're going to put uh, Jacob as their king. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what. West even and all them were wanting to do at the yeah. very beginning. Um, and uh, Vetus tells Faye that her children are dead and did he just come back? He tells her that they're dead, her husband's in prison. Like he's and uh, Joseph has been sold into sl- to the Kez as a slave. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, he's just trying to break Faye down. They're all at dinner and like Faye's quiet the whole time yeah. because she hasn't seen her son. Yeah, so because they normally go down and see her son every day or something like that. Yeah, so it, but the thing is, Vetus, you know, Vetus is probably, probably lying about every bit of. Well, he's lying about the family being dead. He's lying about. Uh, the only one we don't know he's lying about is Joseph. Yeah, 
and yeah. that may be true. And uh, the one thing that I got out of this conversation not was that Nyla was getting at why do you want me to dress up for Lady Wenceslav? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and he's courting Lady Wenceslav. Which you know, last we heard from her, she was like hauled up, like in bed, upset yeah. about what all that happened. That's right. Um, and he does he mention in this chapter what he wants to do with Lady Wenceslav outside of just marrying her? I th- what? I think it's just more to you know to again to help. To get her and the Wings of Adam on, on their side, I guess. Okay, I w- but I wasn't sure if he mentioned that in this chapter. I don't think he did, but that, that's what I gathered from it. And uh, he says that damned harpy is going to get what she's coming for tonight. One, uh, the uh, privileged. Vetus is privileged. She, you get a run-in of her. Oh, yeah. But she got she got the lies. So, uh, she's going to poison Vetus with some lies, her plan, and she yeah. snuck it into her pocket. And yeah. she wants to poison both Vetus and Dorfer. Dowerford is his name at the same time. Oh, yeah. Dorford, Dowerford. Dorford. Dorford. Doyle. Um, <laughs> the household rules. Uh, then we go to chapter 17, and Adamat, uh, he returns home in the city. Um, and, you know, he's got his sword cane and his pistol. And um, Kale, one of Vetus's men, attacks him there and attempts to, attempts to bring him to Vetus. It's crazy, though, because he goes through his whole house and doesn't even notice. No. And then he just... He finally gets comfortable, and he turns a corner, and as soon as he turns a corner, he gets hit in the face with a club. Yeah. And breaks and, his freaking nose. And uh, I'm thinking, like, I'm getting, like, Chinatown references with Jack Nicholson and that that thing on his nose the entire time. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, and, you know, he's normally really good about that, you know, mm-hmm. like, figuring out, you know. Yeah. And he mentioned he didn't have a lot of sleep lately. Yeah. And uh, so... This guy definitely has the upper hand and almost kills Adamat, but the way he ends up winning, you know, remember you remember how he has the sword in his cane? Yeah, and he, he reaches for his cane and he goes to hit him with it. Yeah. And the guy block uh Kale blocks it. Yeah. But what he does is he pulls the sword out from the cane yeah. and just like stabs him about a billion times. <laughs> yeah, about a billion times. A billion. Uh yeah, yeah. It, it was it was pretty cool, like, yeah, that he, he kind of because he, yeah, he's, he's pulling on the cane, and then mm-hmm. he clicks it, and it makes him kind of fall. Yeah, and when he pulls the cane out, like, he's already got a lot of tension from yeah. pulling the cane. It's like tug of war. So when that release, like, yeah. you know, uh, he falls back to the ground. That was really and then cool. He gets stabbed. He stabbed. And then he buries his body in, like, the shed or something out back. Not even buries, just, like, yeah, like puts it in a box or something like and, that. And, like, the neighbors, I think maybe before that, the neighbor comes over. And oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The neighbor's like... A, What's going on? I thought I heard a gunshot. Oh, yeah. you look like shit. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, and he's like, "Woman, mm-hmm. like he finally gets mad enough. He's like, "No, don't call and the doctor." It, it, yeah, she's like, "I'm gonna call the doctor," and, and then he's like, "He like you said, he's like, woman, get leave. I'm fine." <laughs> and uh, he 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 has some internal monologue, like uh, nosy or busybody neighbors. Yeah, yeah, and like with an eye roll type thing. Um, but he buries him in the shed after all that. Good point yeah. about that. And uh, he had twenty five thousand uh, krona. Krona. I just I just want to say k bucks. K bucks. <laughs> <laughs> twenty five thousand k bucks um, back there, and so he can now kind of assume that Vetus probably knows that Adamat's alive. Because, and, and so because well, from a reader's perspective, you, I guess yeah, you kind of 
I didn't know how to take it because Vetus had said in the last chapter that he was in prison, and I and if when I was reading it, I was like, does he think that he's in prison? I think or, he does think that, and I didn't think about that until this chapter. Yeah. Or, yeah. or is he just making up a lie to make Faye mad? Yeah. Or I, I maybe I took it as Vetus did not know where he was, so he come up with something to again make make Faye feel worse. Right. Um. So I don't know. Uh, so yeah, he runs off to find more money, uh, to to you know to find the remaining fifty krona, fifty thousand krona to bribe Varundish. Um, we switch over and Daniel and a group of Etan's men gear up for battle. Um, they they plan to uh, fight past the call of retreat. <laughs> uh, you know, so because they keep they keep sounding the horn, and this is where I started. The wheel started turning for me. Uh, about about what you're saying about the retreat being not in favor of being part of the right somebody uh, betraying Tannis. Right. Whenever we start hearing these horns, these retreat horns, I I guess it took me actually being there. Because yeah, like this is the first time outside of the first time he was in the front lines. This is the first time where he. Because yeah. when he was in the front lines the first time to fight, it was after the retreat was called, and he was helping people retreat. Yeah, yeah. This time he started the front. Like, this is our first time we get it. Yeah. You know, he's with Etan and the Grenadiers, big guys, and it's going well. Yeah. Um, Etan ends up getting injured and everything when the Black Wardens come, mm-hmm. but they end up getting the upper hand on the Black Wardens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While the retreat, like, the retreat starts getting sounded while he's getting the upper hand. Yeah. And it's like they're not... They're not paying attention to what's going on in the battlefield. Yeah, like just, if they had yeah. seen like that he had gotten the upper hand on the Black Wardens, why would you sound your retreat? Exactly. Because the Kez started running. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so yeah. I mean, yeah. It's all starting to kind of play into that supporting of that conspiracy, I guess. Um, and uh, in the middle of it all, Capel Sorcery gives um, her the opportunity to, to take control of a warden, which was really weird. Like it was. Oh yeah, that's how they get the upper hand. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and um, and she sends the warden after the Kez's army and other wardens. Like she kills all the other wardens with that warden. That was crazy. And then starts sicking them on the army, and that's that's when they break and start running. Yeah. And the retreat had already been sounded, but like I feel like if you're paying attention to the battlefield and you see that, you'd stop. You you. There's got to be a signal to stop the retreat and yeah. you know advance, or at least just stop the horns, right? Yeah. Stop the horns, and and at least allow what's happening to to happen. Yeah, gain yeah. some ground back. Yeah, yeah. And um, so after seeing that, Daniels uh, sets himself to go get some blood because now he he gets more like we needed more evidence of it, mm-hmm. but he's kind of understanding the 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 power level that uh, Capel has. So he's right. like, if she can do what she just did, then maybe I do need to go, you know, make an and effort it, to get blood. And I took it, I took more of it more as like him, at, like Etan got, you know, not mortally injured, but mm-hmm. like he, his spine got broken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's not gonna be able to fight again. And like the Grenadiers like rally to Taniel. And I saw Tamas vibes here. Like yeah. Taniel kind of as, assumes the Tamas role. And the Grenadiers fight with him mm-hmm. when all this happens, and uh, he gets some new allies. Like Etan's men will, yeah. will go to battle for him, and that's why I thought he would do all this. He got that human element yeah. of everything. Like these guys were willing to put their mm-hmm. shit on the line 
Yeah. I should be able to do the same thing. Yeah. Instead of just like kind of blindly like fighting the front line, you know, just like basically a suicide mission. Right. Actually has some purpose to it now. Um, but then, you know, um, after all that shakes down, they look to the Kez camp and uh, they raise this woman up on a pole. Well, they raise up this big pole, and he's like, I can't see it. So he yeah. actually takes some powder to see it. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. realizes that it's a woman. Yeah. And her hands are cut off, so he's like, it's a privilege. And then the head raises up, and it's Julian. He sees Julian. So yeah. I'm kind of wondering what all this means, because, like, why are... I, I thought Julian was working for the kids. I also thought Julian had died. Well, it, well, yeah, both things. One, I thought Julian was working with the kids. Because she fought with the kids already. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, too, I thought she had died. So if she's alive and she's a privilege on your side, why are you raising her up? With the implications, I guess it's like a warning, like this is what we do to mm-hmm. people, uh, you know, prisoners of war if we take them or something. But that was somebody working for you. Yeah. Why are her hands cut off? I mean, did did, did Kresimir do it because he was mad that she, that she failed or something like that? Or? Yeah, or, you know, whatever she did, maybe. Yeah, and this was like where I was like, man, we gotta we gotta keep reading. Yeah, we had originally did, planned to do eighteen, and then yeah, after that I, we decided to do twenty. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then it just kept going. Like every chapter after this just kept. Adding and it, more and just more. like Promise of Blood, like we get to the point where we're just like, I think that most of the buildup is over with, and yeah. we're we're here at the payoff. Like, yeah. this is kind of where it turns into, like, no cap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, because the book started that way, and then it, then it just, it kind of had that little sputter because of all this stuff, but now we're, we're, we're going. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah. I'm hyped on it. So then we go to chapter 18, and um, Beyond J. Ippoli, the son of the Kez king, uh, leads an em- uh, emissary to Tamas to negotiate a surrender. Um, I, I thought this whole back and forth was really good. Tamis, you know, he says, you know, he refuses. He's like, you know, I'm just, he, he kind of does a little dig because he, Ippoli says to him. Um, Why are you here in my country? Because yeah, they're in Kaz. Yeah. And, he's, and he, you know, they're trying to get back into Edro. And he's like, I'm just trying to get back to my country and try to protect it from a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And uh, Didn't even blink at the insult. No, no. And uh, they, they always talk about how this Beyond is more uh, a better uh, diplomat, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, than than the older brothers were or are. Um, and he says, "I'm afraid I can't let you do that, yeah. like to get back." And he says, "So we're at an impasse, not an impasse." I think Beyond said, "I've come to request your surrender." An impasse. I'll not surrender. Yeah. Thomas said flatly. And I like how he he says, "You know, we got some wounded." If I leave you with them, will you at least take them in as a prisoner of war? And he's like, no, I'll kill them. But he thinks that that's a bluff. He's like, he's but it also makes sense, too, though. Like, yeah. it almost seems like there's a little bit of duality in Thomas's purpose there. Like, yeah. if they take care of wounded, they're going to slow down. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 I think, and he'll, he'll go faster. And I think Beyond... He says that, that. Yeah, that's why. So it's like, he don't think he really would do it, but... I. He, Will Thomas call him on the bluff or not? You know, mm-hmm. um, but then this is what I really like is, uh, you know, that 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 emissary, you know, or that that whole meeting uh, stops, and uh, where they're at, you know, I guess it's like a narrow path, and so they're starting to like lay trees in the middle and rubble, 
to mm-hmm. kind of slow them down. Yeah. And I really liked all that, the whole idea of planning yeah. that out. You got to see the kind of the inside Tamas's mind as far yeah. as like being a strat- a strat- a strategian. A strategian of military tactics. I don't know. Uh, and so then we swap over to Adamant. One thing I do oh, I want to mention is that beyond, he might be bluffing on all this, mm-hmm. but he mentions his military force. He's outnumbered, and yeah. he said, your people are hungry. You know, I know we're at an impasse, but can I share? Uh, maybe you won't be at an impasse after I share this information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. um, 10,000 Dragoons and 5,500 5, Curiousers right here under yeah. my command. And then his elder brother's a week's march behind him with 30,000 more. Yeah. And I know that you have 11,000. We outnumber you four to one. Yeah. So it's You have no hope escaping as a country. Yeah. And surrender now. Your people will be treated with respect as prisoners of war. But we've no... But Everything we've been told in the past is that they won't be treated with respect as POWs. Unless, unless Beyond is is better, know, is better, and he actually has some sway. Um, I mean, he he is the king's son, but he's not the oldest son. Yeah. So he's not in line to be the next king. Right. So how much sway does he really have? So yeah. So then we swap over to Adamant, and he he goes to Ricky T. Bags to ask for money for the bribe, the remaining fifty krona. Yeah. And um. Uh, this was this again. This was another where I was like, I'm really liking a lot of what's happening. Like mm-hmm. he kept me going. It was like he notices that there's a similarity in Fail's man- mannerisms to Vetus's. Yeah. Now, now I know we talked about this last time. Yeah, you know, I, I told you that there's a um, a plot point in the Wheel of Time that this, these other podcasters constantly are just like they just hate that Robert Jordan would even do that. Um. It's not so much different than what we're about to talk about, but I, I thought this was really cool. You know, I like what we're about to talk about. But basically, what we find out is um, Ricard and Fail tell Adamant that she uh, is, is a part of a, a very secret training institute uh, and mm-hmm. that um, they're highly skilled, but they're basically uh, slaves <laughs> in yeah. a way. Um and, uh, and you know, she says, I can't say for sure if Vetus is a graduate of this place, but you put the dots together, so I, I would only make this, I would trust that what you're telling me would mean that he is from one of these. So maybe Vetus, I guess, uh, uh, what's his name? Claremont? Claremont. Claremont must have bought him. Yeah. And, uh, and we find out, too, that normally, like, what did he say there? 30, or how much did, did he say that they're... They, they 30 normally, million kroner or something like that? Like and, an exorbitant amount of money. And he and she was only 10 million. Because uh, she was half. Yeah, she yeah she yeah. only had one So year if, it, if it was 10 million, it was 20 million. Because she had had half as many... Tra- it's a 20-year training course. Yeah. And yeah, uh, everybody has different like specialties or whatever, but... yeah. They get trained in all of the specialties. Yeah, you know, that which are makes sense. I mean, yeah. some people are going to be better at certain things, so they'll rise up and right. And so she she makes a point that if if that is true, and she thinks it is, then he is more dangerous than they thought initially thought. Yeah, because of that. So um, and then also we find out that Claremont is going to run, has the intention to run against. Um, yep. Ricky T. Bag. Yep. Even though he is. Not girlish. Brudanian. They think he's Brudanian. They don't actually know. Yeah, but yeah, the papers that he submitted say he's Adrian. Adrian, yeah. So yeah, so you got that happening. But but yeah, this whole like, 
and even even Adam adds kind of like you know slavery still exists in the world but not in the nine you yeah. know not in the, and so like he it kind of throws him for a loop and again I could see the people <laughs> some people uh, getting really mad about that but I'm like it adds elements to the story creates this in, in balance so it's like no I'm not the biggest fan of it but I don't know why you'd be mad about that right you know I think it's it's, it's interesting and I'll and you know he questions Ricky Teabags about it, and he's like, she runs this organi- organization better than I do. She's already made more money than I would have. And yeah, so it's like, it, it, it's, well, did you already say how many years it, it is, like, that they serve? 20 years. Oh, no, oh. They, they serve the person who buys them until, it's not until their death. Like It's, it's like 10 years, maybe 15 years. I think years. it's longer than that. Uh Thirty years. Thirty for years. the next thirty years of her life, she belongs to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, it's an interesting development there. Um, so then uh, we we get we get back over and um, oh, uh, and he asks him for the fifty k. Oh yeah, and he can, and, he's, and he yeah. says I need I need it in cash. And he said, Well, I can't do that. I can write a letter to the bank or something like that, but they won't pull that much money in that quick of a period of time. Which I thought was weird because. He said no bank would give me that much at one time, mm-hmm. which makes me think he has money in multiple banks. So couldn't he pull smaller amounts from each one you that would didn't add up? Yeah. Um, I don't think that plot point was that response wasn't thought out thoroughly enough. I think yeah. for, for my liking. Um, so then we switch over and uh, uh, Jacola has arrived or Gabriel, you know. Uh, Jackie G. Jackie G has arrived, and he's like, he's <laughs> ma- he's making sandwiches. He's like, you need a shower, you need a bath. He's get like, it. no, give me your report. And he's like, I'm not going to give you the report until you take a freaking bath. Yeah, because he's one of the only people that can like talk to Tamis. Like yeah, that. because of their relationship. Yeah. Um, and so Tamis goes there. Uh, he finds Olam in the like he's sitting in like front of a waterfall, bathing, bathing, and then he kind of comes around and then. There's Blora. She's naked, and they're and I, Dead Gummit. I I called this in re- Return to Honor. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think you could set up some relationships because of this. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't read Return to Honor, this would seem so far out of left field. Which I think is fine in this case. Yeah, I guess so. I think the return or out of out of left field is fine here. But yeah, I guess so. Not but, so much with the Verundish part. Yeah, but this one. Yeah, I mean, if you have returned, if you read Return of Honor, this is not that huge of a shock. Yeah, um, I didn't think they would do it though. Like I thought, okay, I thought you could do it, but I didn't think he would. But he did. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Um, interesting there. But yeah, so they're they're you know doing some things, fraternizing. Uh, he's not naked though. He's got he's yeah, like he's got naked. His on. Yeah, he's got his pants on. But yeah, um, so Tamis is naturally upset about all this because. Naturally, I guess. I mean, I, I don't yeah, like I mean, that he's upset, but he is. Like, I wish he was cool with it because I kind of want them to be cool because I like Olam. I like Olam. I want them to be cool. I just because I think that I don't like this storyline for some reason. I don't like the Tamis part of the storyline of him not liking it, but I don't mind them being something because Daniel's already. I don't like either. See, Tanya's already kind of moving on in a way a little bit with Maple. Yeah. So, but I, I don't, okay, wait. 
I don't have a problem with it, but where it probably will go, I don't like. Yeah. There'll be some kind of upset. People will be upset. Exactly. I don't like that, but if they, but that'd be the thing. If Daniel never sees Laura ever again in the entirety of this trilogy, that's fine. I would like. I'm. I'm. I, I like the storyline. Yeah. But I'm sure they're gonna meet again. Yeah. So I'm. I'm with you, kinda. And um, then the last thing in this chapter is that Gavril is basically saying you've. There's another force that's gonna be meeting, like coming around the plains. Another Kez yeah. force. Yeah. And they're going to get to the fingers, which is where they're rushing to before they are. And it's just an open plane and it'll be slaughtered. So yeah. while they're running away from beyond, there's going to be another force that kind of fucks them over. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, and Tamas is uh, starting the plans of a, like a stand at the fingers yeah. Yeah, and he, tells Gavril to like take your best men, your most loyal mm-hmm. right there right now. Double time. We're gonna march the. We're gonna march our people double time because they said it was gonna be six days. Yeah. We're gonna get there in four. Yeah. And plan for the am plan to ambush the ambushers. And, and they're gonna like tear the bridge down. Burn the bridge. Yeah. And Gavril goes, "Well, why would you? What am I gonna tell my men when they ask about the bridge? Yeah. Like this. That that'll be our last stand. Yeah. And he goes, "That's why I said take your most loyal men." Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's. I like it. Yeah. It's cool stuff. It's, set, it's setting up a cool, like, getting, yeah, no, it's setting up, it's setting up something really interesting I'm excited about. And then uh, chapter 19, uh, Taniel, um, you know, him and, and, and the injured Eton are, are, you know, conversating, and um, then they start talking about the possibility of a traitor. Um, which Etan is like, you better be freaking careful with that. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, yeah, which, yeah, makes sense. Um, talking about like there's a, dis- a discrepancy of the amount of black powder ordered and then you by the army because we've been told several times that they're running short on this stuff yeah and he wants Etan to track that yeah and see it it, it kind of seems like he wants to see if there actually is a shortage or if the powder is actually going anywhere yeah and uh, as Daniel leaves he uh, two, two of the provosts finally I guess catch him uh, and they try to place him under arrest because by General Kett's orders mm-hmm. um he gets into a fight with him and he escapes. And so, um, he doesn't know what possesses him to do it, but he goes into the cooking tent and which, starts a conversation with Mahali, which probably was Mahali controlling some situation. Yeah, probably him. so. Um, but I think that this is like one of the most important conversations of the story thus far. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, because they they, well, this is the first time Daniel's met Mahali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, just something very important comes out. And uh, it's interesting because you know how he had, like, Mahali had to d- play the long game to get Tamas to believe him. Yeah. And Taniel comes in and he goes, like, how am I supposed to expect that you're a god? Mm-hmm. And, and he just rolls up to him, puts his hand on his, like, <laughs> temple and yeah. shows him 2,000 years worth of history. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kresimir and his brothers and sisters yeah. forming the nine and everything. Yeah. And, and just, in a, like, a snap of a finger. Oh, yeah. And so he's like, you are a god. <laughs> yeah, you are a god. That's all the convincing I need. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they kind of... Um, I mean, does he... How much does he go into, like, Kresimir? He, does he... Do they even talk about Kresimir not being dead? Yeah, they do. He said Kresimir's alive. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, because he says... 
because that's when we talked about what, what what's been going on with him, and he said that was his counter strike against him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Krasimir, that he said there's something important about you mm. because you survived Krasimir's counter strike when you shot him that brought Shoulder Crown Mountain down. <laughs> it destroyed the mountain, but it did not destroy Taniel. Which feels very Harry Potterish. It, it does, yeah. <laughs> and um, he also tells Taniel that Tamis is very much alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, along with the seventh and ninth, and they're being pursued. And he 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 basically says, you know, you you probably need to surrender to the provost mm-hmm. in your best interest. But so it sounds like Mahali will protect him in a way. But he's like, you kind of got to go along with it. It does seem that way, yeah. And what I got out of it. We also hear that uh, Adam is, or Adam has stayed here while the others have left because he likes the nine. Like Adro is his like country, and like he actually likes it, and he wants to be here. Yeah. Um. And even though he's you know traveled the nine and knows all the people's ways, he he said he, Capel tries to do something to him, and he goes, "Now, girl, uh, none of that." And he gently reprimanded, but they mentioned that the bone eyes yeah. are, there's some crazy stuff going on with them. They have like unimaginable power. And it, that was something I remember, and I couldn't remember when it happened, but yeah, uh, is another example of people who we assume, people who we know are powerful are cautious with her. Because Juline was very cautious with her in the fight at the university at the In Promise of Blood. And in this instance, where Mahali is kind of like, you know, yeah. careful, don't, you know. And he says, you, my dear, are truly terrifying. So much yeah. potential. Yeah. So it's, uh, I like it. Because she's a mystery that's, st- uh, like, you know, if a mystery drags too long, you kind of get upset about it. But hers has been dragged just the right amount. I like it. Yeah. And uh, he mentions that Kresimir is actually going mad because of the bullet. Yeah, the the, the, the red strut, or what was it Yeah, called? the bone eye bullet you put in his eye was never yeah. removed. It's in his brain, causing him incredible pain every day. That's why he wears the mask, the gold mask. It, now, has that been proven, or was that just hearsay? Why he wears the gold mask? No, no, that he is wearing a mask. Oh, I, that's what Holanska said, that he was wearing. A, there, was a, there was a man who reeked of sorcery wearing a golden mask. But I think, but that's what we were talking about. We still, like, that felt like it was still rumory. Like he said it, but was he like was it true though? Oh, I don't know. I I I, I felt like it was stated in fact, but it may okay. not. You may okay. be right on that. And uh, he said he nailed Julene to a beam, cut off her hands. Why would he do that? Um, uh, and he mentions that uh, he knows who uh, shot him, so he knows that Tanya was the one who shot him. Oh. And then um, Mahali didn't answer the question about why he would do that to Julene. Yeah. But he says she's a misguided child. She may or may not have deserved that, but I don't think torture does anyone a good. And then it sounds like Mahali wants to he wants to get the bullet out of Krizimir. Yeah. He wants to get to him so he can help him. That's right. He actually uh and he said I'm and Daniel goes, "Why would you want to do that? I'm going to kill him." Um and he goes, "That may be your path." Uh Oh, okay. They just—they don't believe he's a god; just a powerful privilege. The rest of the the group and everything, but um, um, he he has told them that Tamis was alive, and then why haven't they told? And then he said, "Why haven't they told me?" Yeah, Mahali told Taniel that he had told the generals that Tamis was alive. That plays into that. Traitor. He says, "I don't know, but I don't trust the generals." Mahali said that. 
Yeah, Mahali said that. Yeah. And that's when he says the provost have surrounded the tent. You should probably just surrender. Yeah. And he tells K Pole to stay here with Mahali and mm. surrenders. Yep. Um, that's the last we get out of this section um, from, from Daniel. <clears throat> so then we move to 20, and uh, Tamis uh, tries to confront Olam about, you know, about Blora. And they're actually both of them. He talks to both of them about mm. it. And um, it naturally results in what you expect it to result in. Um, they know. basically both say, we're going to do what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, I can understand, like, this part is the annoying part of all this. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I but do, I do like, think I do think we get a good conversation out of Laura here, though. She yeah. said, uh, basically, she just says, like, my whole life I've been under your shadow and I've been under Taniel's shadow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you even know what the people here call me. Like, I can't go anywhere without being called a slut or a whore or, you know, anybody can get in between my legs, blah, 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 blah. And um, do you know what it's like to be out on the the front and you ordered Taniel to go out into Fatastra and I hear rumors, and he's gone for a year, and I hear rumors of him going around with a savage and that guy comes and treats me nicely and I made a mistake and, you know, bedded him. Yeah, we're finally getting her side of that. Yeah. And it, it's, I, I found it interesting. Yeah. And yeah, like he kept saying, she, she said, permission to speak freely, sir. And he said, permission denied. And then she ignored it and kept going on with this. Yeah. And he kept getting angry and her angrier. And every time she would pause, he'd go, permission denied, soldier. Yeah. And she would keep going. And so, and I think, too, something I forgot about, but I'm remembering it now. Um, they, uh, it's probably why he's mad. I was also playing into how, you know, maybe him, or her, and Taniel's engagements were set up because because of him, and the, he's. The I think he's. I think he's felt some guilt about it. Yeah, but 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 definitely the you know, him wanting to breed more powder mages. Oh more, yeah, yeah. I think that may have something to do with it. Mm. Um, well, but if that's the case, Olam and Laura would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm sure a powder mage could come out of that because Olam has an axe. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's not a power mage. Yeah, he's he just he's not a power mage. Yeah. But, but maybe you would still it could still happen though. Yeah. But as he's yelling at Vlora as she's walking away, Vlora finds Olam in the column and pulls him pulls him off her horse, yeah. off his horse, and they're no longer seen. Yeah. Well, Which he, I thought was silly. Well, he, he you know, and Olam points back before she does that. He he points back to him, to yeah. Tamis, like he's like you know, let's let's have some. Decorum about, about them, yeah. And but she's like, no. One thing we didn't mention here is that uh, they're hungry again. All the horses ran out, and they're doing this double time march. Uh, morale is very, very low. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Tamus just doesn't need to be worried himself with all this. Yeah. Um, then we switch over to Adamat, and this is kind of the meat of everything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adamat receives the address of the buyer um, of that rug from Margie. Margie was the rug, the ruggest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the ruggest. And um, uh, it's a, he, she's like uh, normally it would take me a long time. Or she's like I can do longer and I can get you a name, yeah. uh, but right now I just have an address. And he uh, he's like I guess an address I'll just have to do right now. And he walks out and he goes, I guess we're gonna have. Or normally he would have to research this, but he looked down and saw the address and it was one he knew. And yeah. this is when I knew who the proprietor yeah. was. Yeah, I was just like. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of, my mind went immediately, immediately to how, what I pictured 
when he was going there in Promise of Blood. Yep. When he when he was having a hard time finding this location. Yep. Like my mind before I even put two. It's weird, I guess, how your mind works sometimes. Before I, I had my mind, you're saying in your mind's eye, you had the location, and the next paragraph it descri- describes that location from the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and but but like I didn't even. It's not like in my head I thought, okay, I know who the proprietor was. It was just, it's like, you know, he gets the address of who bought the rug, and he's like, that's an address I've been to before, and immediately my mind thought of it. Okay. Like I didn't even think. Uh, my mind thought of where it was before I even could consciously say I know who it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just weird. Like the image popped before anything else did. And then, of course, then I knew. Um, but um, but uh, Sue Smith finds out him at after Vetus kills one of his nephews. So Vetus is already... Like what, what, what was keeping Sue Smith from being involved now was because of the proprietor going after his family. But Vetus is already taking care of that. So yeah. this is a situation... Sue Smith wasn't going to help Adamant with anymore with any of this because of that. And then Vetus went and did something that to made... To put Sue Smith back on the table. Yeah. So, yeah. It, granted, he was unaware of what was happening, like yeah. as much aware of it as I was. But Vetus played himself. You played yourself. Yep, he played himself. Um, so Sue Smith you know, says, you know, I'm ready to offer any skills, whatever, and they're going to kill Vetus. Um so then they head to the address that Margie gave out. Well, before he says that, uh, Sue Smith goes, well, what are we going to do? And he says, I have to go see a man about 50,000 krana. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so they head to the address, and it's Andros Sm- 3. Yeah, Sue Smith recognizes the location. He's like, this is An- Andros's place. Yeah. He's like, yep. Yep. And and they make a point. He leaves Sue Smith out. He mm-hmm. doesn't come in with him. And he Which goes, is good for Sue Smith. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes in there, and and he's the proprietor. We find and that. And he admits it. Yeah, he admits it. Yep. So with somebody as powerful as the proprietor, you don't make demands. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to have the leverage on you. Yeah. But uh, the way he goes, well, what's your insurance, Andros asks. You're, you're asking a lot of me here. He lays it out on the table. You know, you're going to yeah. help me with all this. Yeah. And I won't tell anybody who that you're the proprietor. And he goes, okay, well. Why don't I just kill you? Yeah. And he goes, well, I sent letters out to certain friends that I have in the police force saying that I'm coming to this location to as part of an investigation. Not in, in not that he's, you know, it, it mentions nothing about the proprietor here. Yeah, yeah. So, he, you know, he just, yeah. you know, he mentions that. And then Andreas laughs or scoffs and he says, you, you think that that's going to help out? And he goes, yeah, I do. Um, I, uh, Let's see. Oh, you think that'll stop me? Or why Why wouldn't I still just kill you? And he's like, well, that investigation would impede you months, you know, yeah. and stuff like that, and you don't want that. And then he said, well, if you don't care about that, I've sent, sent another letter to a friend in the publisher telling him that I know who he is. Yeah. And Adamat could break the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sent that letter out to the publishing guy that I know who the proprietor is. Yeah. And if... The police force knows that he's going to Andreas's house, and he disappears. Yeah, they, the publisher could easily put two and two together. Yep, yep. And yep. Andreas uh, chuckles, and he goes, "You're clever." <laughs> yeah. Like in, in in all seriousness. And he he says something to the effect of. He says, "I you know, if you had just hired me, 
when they were having their conversation, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't Press. have kept. Yeah, and, he, and he goes, "You just still wondered." Yeah, yeah, he was still wondered. So, but I'm, I am curious. Yeah, well, I guess that was just a risk he he took. Um, the proprietor took at, at that moment. So, um, and then yeah, and he said he asked if Sue Smith knows. He's like, he doesn't, but he could put two or two together. I don't, you know. Yeah. He may he may know, but. I, he and he agrees him. to pay him. Yeah, yeah. So, so the whole seventy-five. Uh, he goes uh, fifty. No seventy-five thousand krona. He wants to keep his twenty-five thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Andreas actually uh, thinks uh, thinks it's funny. He's like, "You need to learn more. Uh, you need to learn more to get learn to get more out of your blackmail." I'm one of the richest in the nine. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "I just want my wife back, man." Yeah. I want my wife, my kids. I want to be done with this. Yeah. I want to kill, I want to kill Vita. So. Um, this You're not to come here ever again, yeah. and uh, he's now being hired by the proprietor. Yeah, and he leaves the meeting feeling that the proprietor has the upper hand again. Yeah, oh, on yeah. him. So, so now, okay. So I guess to reflect back on this, the um. So the so the whole time the co-conspirator stuff, there. Two people were one person. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. Um, so that's interesting. We kind of yeah. thought that could have been a case, maybe, potentially. Yeah, I thought it was Richard. I thought it was Richard. Uh, oh, yeah. Ricky Teabags that was the proprietor. Really? Which, in retrospect, was silly. He's, uh, Andros is much smarter and more calculating. Yeah. And the proprietor doesn't really... What we know, the proprietor doesn't line up with Rickard. But it, it is interesting. And I, I guess it's because they set Andros to... to um, be a very um, seems very law abiding mm-hmm. because he he controls the money. Oh, and that makes me want to go back and reread when when Adamat investigated him the first time. He pro- yeah, but he probably abides by the law in his capacity. Oh well, yeah, 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 as the reeve. But but that's that's the point. Like you you wouldn't think about yeah. You know. But but remember when he when Adamat asked him in Promise of Blood, where did he you know, who did he think it was? What, what, what did the money tell him? And he was told about how different people do different things. I want to go back and see what he said about the proprietor. Because now we know that, he, that yeah. he is who he is. So he would be talking about himself. But yeah, so, yeah, this thing picked up really, really big. Mm-hmm. Um, bigly. <laughs> this, this picked up bigly. Bigly. Uh, and, um, <laughs> yeah, so this, uh, it started off a little, it started off good, then it went a little rough. And then, um, but then, man, yeah, 17, 18, 19, 20 were just bangers. The whole time. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty um, excited for where we're going with this. You know, I, uh, um, there's a lot of things happening. So, you know, we got Tamas getting ready for whatever his uh, ambush is going to be. We're going to see that play out. We got Taniel, you know, He's got you know, he's got that human element like you talked about like he's got the drive to actually see this thing through um, because all the E10 folk are, are, are going to him and Capel is showing more power you mm-hmm. know which is more um, I guess uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's empowering you know to think about like that you know you have a chance against maybe Kesemir. Um, but and then we get the Dulane hanging up. So like, there's that happening. But then now he's got to deal with this whole traitor plot thing because the provosts are surrounding him. So 
so we're left with that, and then, um, and then you know, Adamat, you know, is kind of like, um, whatever he's going to do, he's going to get Bo. They're going to spring Bo out, um, and then they're going to go after Vetus. So there's each, and then I don't. I mean, the Nyla stuff, just like the last book, is kind of like whatever. I mean, it's happening. No, she's going to be. She's. She, there, I think she's going to be pretty pivotal in helping with with Adamat. Yeah, once it gets there. Yeah. yeah. But at, but as far as this whole section goes, she didn't have much. Go- I think there was only one section where she was involved in. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah. So, but everybody. No, you're right. One. Mm-hmm. But but everybody else is kind of like, they're they're at like a, uh, like a like they're kind of at a moment where things are are moving, really, where mm-hmm. she's more passive in this instance. Right. At this point in time. Um. I guess you could say Taniel's a little bit passive, but in his mind, he's he he's got something he's trying to get to, and he's having a, he has an obstacle that's happening right now. So, it, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to see more. And I think that Taniel getting captured is part of a Mahali plot to kind of figure out who the traitor is. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think anybody who isn't a traitor would kill Taniel. No. No, I wouldn't think so. But that would be too on the nose that Ket would be the traitor. So I don't know. I I really don't know who the traitor is. And I, I kind of think it could be Hills 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 Lanska. I I I feel like it's his Hillanska because Hilanska. he was the one there at Budvale. Yep. And that's when the bomb went off, and he's the one or that closed the catacombs. Wasn't he? Wasn't his soldiers the one who found the catacombs? His soldiers are the one who found it, and you know. Got all the Tamas' soldiers. I think it's Holanska, and he's the one that's been ordering the retreats. So I don't know how that's going to play with Ket, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was chapters uh, 10 through 20. Um, let's see here. I guess we'll just shoot for um, chapters... 21 through 28. I'm good with that. 21 through 28. Um, 21. Do what? 21. 21. 21 through 28. And, um, yeah, hopefully you had a good time with this because it was, it was wild. I know I know, I did. I like this one a lot, yeah. Um, so let me make sure. Yep, yep, 21. Yep, 21 through 28. So, um Until then, y'all have a good one and happy reading. Yeah, good one. Go on. (laughs) That was a go on.